Hey guys, welcome back to the BuzzFod. This is Chase Harwell with your other host, Nico Blatchman. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a lot, a lot of good information and a few great stories on this episode. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it, but Blatch did a hell of a fucking job completing it without me. So uh, yeah, Blatch, you got anything to say? No, I think you covered that, yeah. Unfortunately, Chase couldn't make it for this interview, but I killed it. And our guest absolutely killed it. Insane stories, so just listen and enjoy. I hit you with our special guest tonight because uh, we put a little vote up on our Instagram. We got tons of yeses. This guy is a huge deal, so we'll just bring it over to him. Our, uh, our guest today is a 2018 third-round pick, 89th overall by the Florida Panthers. Best team in the National Hockey League. Um, a national team development program alumni. Is that good? Uh, a former Penn State commit till he pulled the old switcheroony and committed to Boston College, where he plays now. Uh, my good friend and former teammate and newest friend of Justin Bieber, Logan Hutsko. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Quite the intro. Yeah, you like that? I'd, I'd say you're probably the longest intro in the BuzzPod history right now. <laughs> Long history there, too, huh? Well, that's what happens when you got all those accomplishments. I'm talking about the pod. Long, long history on the pod. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Epi 6, you know, we're, uh, we're vets. <laughs> But um, hot school, man, like you are having a great year. But before we get started on all your greatness, I just want to tell everybody a little story about when I first met Logan Hutsko, I walk into my Shattuck St. Mary's dorm. Not a big deal. Shattuck St. Mary's, pretty good school. Um, I walk in and I see this little blonde kid, like a, just a cute looking little kid. Uh, you, you were my next door neighbor, right? Or two doors down? Nah, next door, next door. Yeah, next door neighbor moving in. And I, I didn't even know what to think. Like, you were, like, under five feet, and I was, like, a bit of a unit at that age. I was just like, no way. Like, this is the cutest kid ever. Like, I can't even imagine him, like, competing with us out there. And then, sure enough, we get out there. He was an underager on our team, a 99, playing on the 98 Bantam team. And uh, fuck, man, little water bug, unbelievable, played over me the whole year, obviously. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and then he took off from there. So uh, let's go, like, tell us yeah. about that, man. I tell remember, us about, uh, what's that? I said I remember, like, meeting the boys for the first time, probably not not being, like, like to be completely honest, probably around 4'10", 85, 85 pounds. <laughs> uh, meeting the boys for the first, first time, and, like, Langren was walking out, Ryan Langren, uh, name dropping him, <laughs> walking out of the, the dorm and he asked me whose little brother I was and I was like, actually, I'm on your team, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> meeting him, J.D. Greenway, I was like 6'4", still, still that big, but it was crazy. I was a little, little kid in a big man's world. Yeah, literally, you were a little kid in a big man's world. You were by far the youngest looking kid in the whole Shattuck St. Mary's. Yeah. <laughs> so, so talk to me. Talk to me about that. What's that? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was tough, like at first, because uh, you know, I just like just late bloomer, right? So you got to deal with all that stuff. Um, just kind of like learning, learning the way. Of the, the way things work and uh, being like youngest on the team with there's we had Julian Detmer was another young guy but he was all he was also like a not a late bloomer at any at any rate he and, was an early bro- uh, bloomer <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh, he was like shaving his face in eighth grade and I, I don't even shave mine now but uh, <laughs> he uh, he uh, he was a uh, guy and then like there's not really many other eighth graders there so um at the school in general so it was kind of a tough transition with uh 
socially because there wasn't really much going on, but you guys took care of me, the older guys, so it was good. Yeah, definitely. Hutsko was like uh, our little brother on the team. Um, we always make sure, especially a grizzly vet like me, I always made sure to take him under my wing. So I know when he signs that big National League contract, I'm getting my check. But um, what I wanted to say is is now uh, now you're 5'10", 172 on Elite Prospects. So you've doubled. Yeah, Five eleven on the BC page, so you got to give me that. Oh, uh, an extra inch! Let's go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely uh, hit my growth spurt a little late, but it came. It ended up working out pretty good. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Even even that like Hutsko like I'm five eleven right five eleven and a half actually I'll take the half inch thank you very much and uh, at Concordia I'm five yeah. eleven and three quarters but um, even <laughs> even yeah yeah so even at that so like you basically had to transition from from I mean I don't know if it was much a transition but you can talk about it like you have to transition from being the smallest guy on your team all the time and like kind of finding a way to make an impact on a game as a tiny guy where now you're 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 not a big guy but you're you, you, like you're 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 a normal size like you're an average size guy in in that league I'm guessing and like now you can use all the tools that you've learned um while you were going through that grind of being the smallest guy everywhere you went you got to develop your skill your little water bug on the ice and now you grow a full foot and you still have all that skill and that ability to move like a water bug, but now you can interpret more things into your game where maybe before there was really no point in finishing your hit at 82 pounds, but maybe now yeah. you're finishing your hits and stuff like that. So talk to me about the transition in your game maybe or how it felt and all that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, I mean, growing up, like uh, everyone's pretty, around the, pretty much around the same height, right? And then you kind of hit those like late middle school years and then early high school and then some guys shoot up, some guys don't. Um, but like the biggest thing for me was like, like I skipped, I skipped the year, right? So I played with my age group and then in eighth grade I was, just, I went off and played with like age group above me. So it was like, not only was I behind for my age group, but then I was playing off the year. So I was behind for like two years then. So um, that was tough because it was like something I hadn't done before and like I had to find different ways to be effective. Um, and I think that, like, that experience just, like, I think the biggest thing that I got out of that experience that, um, that is still in my game today is just, like, um, being able to spin off guys, like, just, like, being in the corners and, and not getting hit. Like, it's still going to the dirty areas, but not getting hit. And that makes sense. Or making, like, the hits a little less than what they would have been. Um, I think that's something that I didn't really know uh, before that. And, like, going in, like, that helped me a ton. Like that's something that I worked on a lot that year, and like still translates to today. I think, and um, I think also like kind of hitting that growth spurt a little late helped help me work on the skills. Like you said, like you gotta be, you can't you gotta be a good skater. Like it's the only way you're gonna be effective. And if you want to be effective, you gotta work on those things. So um, now, like I mean, I'm still not probably the most physical player, but everybody's got to finish checks, and everybody's got to got to go to the dirty areas and. Um, that's something I can keep in my game today, um, and I'm probably a lot more effective in it than I would have been if uh, I didn't have that year of learning. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a hundred percent true. I agree with you. I think if you would have been five eleven your Bantam year, then maybe you would have kind of um, not had to work on those little things that you got to really uh, focus on when you were that size, and then lucky for you you did hit that growth spurt because I feel like when you're that young and you don't know the growth spurt's coming it's even more of a like dude I gotta get fucking really good because I'm this small and like you don't know what's gonna happen and then you hit the growth spurt and you're like all right fucking rights now I got all this extra work under me and I'm and I'm normal size now and like you know I can't even imagine how good that feels to hit a crazy growth spurt like that um but you uh after so after our first year at Shattuck we played Bantam together and then um, your second year at Shattuck, you played Bantam again because you were on our team as a 99, right? So talk to me about the yeah. difference between your first Bantam year 
and your second Bantam year. Because now not only are you a, a, a second year vet uh, Bantam at Shattuck, which is a, a huge advantage because the guys coming in, are, are it's their first year. And not only that, but now you've played with all the older guys and now you got guys your age on your team. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, going back to like what you said, like uh, with the growth spurt thing, is like when you're like that late and everyone's so ahead, you start to like worry, like, oh, fuck, am I gonna like grow? Like, yeah, <laughs> you like start to get those kind of thoughts. So like, it definitely was like you're just like sitting there waiting around, and, like you kind of feel the pressure, but um, you just gotta like just believe like it's gonna happen at some point because it normally does. And like that second year, I remember I grew like four or five inches. And, year and I was like five four but I was still like one of them I was still the smallest kid on the team but um having that year uh it was a humbling year too because like you know you kind of kind of like everybody kind of lights up uh youth hockey and then like that year I, I, I like had a didn't have like the years that I normally had so it was a humbling year and like learned different ways to be effective and like I think like hockey's all about that like you can't just be effective one way. You got to be able to evolve your game and be effective in many, many different ways. Like that's just, that's just hockey. And like, that's just the way it goes. Cause not every game is the same style. And, and, um, so like, just like having that ability to evolve my game and then like hitting, hitting my growth spurt and then starting to be able to do the things I used to be able to do again. That second year was like a big year for me personally, especially confidence wise. Cause you know, uh, you just want to get that confidence back. Um, and, we had a really good team. Like, we had a lot of good guys in the locker room, and, like, we ended up winning a national championship that year. I know our year we lost in the in the finals. Triple so OT. Stung, but, like, yeah, to be able to come back and, like, win it next year and uh, kind of bring a little bit of experience from the year before um, was definitely cool. Um, and, uh, no, I still keep in touch with a lot of guys from our eighth grade team and uh, that ninth grade team, too, so. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things that I cherish the most out of my time at Shattuck is I, I'd say that's the team that I still keep in touch with the most as far as um, keeping in touch with like a lot of guys from one team. I think uh, that really allowed us to create a bond all living together there um, at Shattuck and like just basically literally being brothers. I think that that uh, that experience was bananas uh, for me. That was awesome. Yeah, it was basically like college, just like five years early, without with a bunch of rules. Like living with the boys was like in dorms. Was, I think was the best part. It's just like you just you just dick around so much and just have a good time. Like, um, kind of like a kind of like a sneak peek of like college. Like college is obviously way better, and like you get a lot more social time and stuff. But like, kind of like, was a lot of fun, man. And those memories are best. Yeah, absolutely. So after Shattuck. Then um, you got the invite to top 40 and uh, you made the team at the National Team Development Program, which is, uh, I don't know, is that good? That's, uh, that's really good. Uh, so, so you played at NTDP. So, I mean, I know, I know nothing about NTDP really. I feel like, like I, I, I mean, t- tell me about NTDP because I feel like everybody knows what it is, right? Everybody knows what NTDP is, how good it is like, the top guys uh, from the U.S., but tell us, like, really, like, how it is, like, because I've heard it's really, like, professional, even though you guys are young and stuff, so, like, talk to me about that. Yeah, I know, that's it for young guys going in, um, and I think that way too many people will think, like, oh, like, if I don't make the NTDP, like, I'm not going to be, like, one of the best in the country, and, like, that's completely false because they took the best players at 16 years old and your projection from 16 to 20 is ridiculous so like you really have no idea like like what's going to happen or what's going to pan out so um but I think going in like everybody's just so focused on making it and stuff and um a lot of guys it's just like with like 40 camp was like so uh intense um and then like once you get there like you're kind of locked in for two years and it's just kind of like a work time. Um, they, they're very, they're very professional. It's, it's run like, a, it's kind of run like a, like a college program in a way, just because, um, you know, you have your, your practice every day. Uh, you have, you're going to class shortened. Um, it's, uh, they got a lot of resources there for you. Um, but unfortunately I was injured for 
majority of my time there, um, which was something I never dealt with before. My, my first year, about 15 games in, I broke my neck. Um, I missed, missed uh, about four and a half months wearing a neck brace. Um, and then after that, I finally came back for like the last few games of the year. Uh, I was getting kind of health bombed because I was having a tough time like getting back into it. Um, but I kind of battled that back from that. And then um, my 18 years, seven games in, I, I blew up my knee. So uh, I, I ended up missing both, majority of both years there. Um, so kind of that was, that was tough because you just, there's so many development opportunities there. Like, they develop hockey players. They develop really good ones, obviously. So, um, when you feel like you're just sitting around and not doing anything for two years, uh, it's really frustrating. Um, but, no, I, like, I, they develop hockey players really well there, and they have all the resources. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really get to take advantage of them as much as I would have liked to. But, uh, no, it's a great, they're, they're run, they get money from the NHL, so they're run pretty, pretty uh, tip-top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I think that's some good NTDB insight. But I love what you said about your injuries because I actually wanted to get into that because I remember when you got that big injury. I forgot which one was the one that I, like, really heard about. And I think it was the neck when I reached out to you. But it might have been your knee. I don't remember. I reached out to you. It might have been even both that I reached out to you because I'm such a good guy. But I remember remember seeing um, that all over Twitter and thinking, like, no way. And, like, people on Twitter were, like, send prayers. I think it was the neck because of that. People were sending prayers and everything. I remember I threw out a tweet to send prayers and stuff. Like, that was a – that's a scary – fucking injury man like breaking your neck like i don't know anyone that's broken their neck uh in a hockey game like that is fucking super scary so talk to talk about like the adversity that it takes and then you battle through all the adversity you're finally back in and then boom another injury it's like it's like holy fuck like can you cut me a break you know what i mean so like how did you like your mental battle your mental battle, how was that? Yeah, so I'll give you like a little background on the neck because it was actually like a really, really serious injury. Um, the second year when I blew out my knee was also tough because I was my draft year. And right. when you battle an injury for a whole year and then you just like, you just, all you're thinking about is like, I'm going to come back, I'm going to light it up my draft year. Like I got, I, first year doesn't matter. Like that's everyone, everyone says the program, like the first year doesn't matter. Like you have a terrible, three the track had like the worst plus minus on our team the first year and he's, fourth overall pick and lighting up the show so yeah. <laughs> like uh, that first year so that neck injury I was just taking I was just taking uh, face off in a pregame skate um, I finally got moved to center and I was playing on like a, one of the top lines and I was pretty pumped because I was getting my opportunity there and um, I all of a sudden my neck just like went into uh, the other guy's chest and snapped down and um, I just like immediately dropped my stick like couldn't take my helmet off, like, I, my whole body was shot, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't move, I, I could move, but, like, I'm saying, like, I was so weak, like, everything was weak, my stick felt like a million pounds, um, my back, was, my whole body was tingling, like, my fingers were tingling, and I was like, shit, like, what, what just happened? Um, I ended up going, like, going back, uh, went back and, uh, to the trainer, and I was just, um, I just, like, just thought it was, like, a pinched nerve or whatever, and, like, it was fine. So I ended up playing the game that night. No way! Um, I ended up busting back from Bloomington, Illinois, and Indiana, I don't know which one, like, Bloomington Thunder or whatever. Bust back that night, woke up the next morning. I had, like, a, it looked like a base, like, it looked like a, like a lacrosse ball underneath my skin, like, around my shoulder blade. Um, what happens when you break your neck is all the muscles like spasm up and they protect that, that, that broken area. Um, so like I had like a baseball size, like under my skin, like it was just a huge knot, super uncomfortable, couldn't turn my head to the right, like terrible. And I was like, man, like you must have like done something. So my mom took me to the ER on Sunday. Um, I ended up getting an x-ray and they told me I was all set. Nothing looked bad. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess go back go to practice so I go to practice Monday practice Monday practice Tuesday and um I lifted Monday I was doing like overhead squats like crazy shit like not crazy late shit but like for having a broken neck like I didn't I didn't even know yeah. like I was in a lot of pain I was in a lot of pain on, on Steve, but like like I said when you're at the program like you don't want to like 
you don't want to be like, unless you know, you're, unless you're like, like you got to know you're seriously hurt. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to miss like practice or a lift because you're your next bothering you. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, it's like a pro environment for like a 16 year old. So you're just trying to be like a tough guy, not say anything. Um, and well, then, right, because you say something, you know, and then someone someone can take your spot in the lineup. So yeah, obviously. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, he's soft. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, all absolutely. of a sudden, like three days later, on a Wednesday, I practiced that whole week. I didn't get hit, didn't get touched for some reason. I get a call from the doctor, like, you need to go to the ER right away. Like, you're next, you're not, you need to go to the ER right away. I'm like, holy shit, like, what just happened? I go to the ER, and they're like, yeah, you see six vertebrae. We, we sent it to the radiologist because we thought, like, we might have seen something, but it wasn't shown up on the x-ray. Uh, um, so we sent it to the radiologist, and they said, like, C6 lamina fracture. So what that basically is, is there's a ring that circles your spinal cord behind your vertebrae, and that ring uh, was cracked. And if you crack that ring, if it becomes completely displaced, it just zaps your spinal cord and you're paralyzed from the neck down. Holy shit. So I had that shit. cracked for about three days, played a game on it, lifted on it, practiced three times, and never got hit, never displaced. Thank God. Um, I pray about it all the time, just thankful, thanking God for for not letting that happen, but like... Thank God I wasn't on your team in practice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I ended up rehabbing for four months, um, and I didn't know if I was going to heal. I didn't know if I was going to be able to play again. I was just thankful I was able to walk again. Uh, I was not again, but I was able to walk, you know what I mean? You're just thankful for those things when you have that truth be told. Um, I worked for four months, and then coming back was the biggest battle ever just being so scared you know what I mean um that was the biggest part was the mental battle just being able to get headed in and being okay with it you know so that was tough uh and then that following year seven games in uh, my knee blew out so two really really hard years but um I was able to fight through them and just you know that like God has a plan uh I really grew like faith religiously in those times um, so I think that's like all you got, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. my back was up against the wall. I didn't really have anything else. And I was just kind of going through that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Wow. That is holy shit, dude. That is nuts. I never even got to talk to you about that kind of just a bit through text. Like you were still in the hospital when I was texting you, it recently happened. So to hear that full story, man, that is insane. Like, I think I've been through some tough times throughout my hockey career, but to hear what you went through, and I've been in a situation, like, obviously, you know, like, I was a fighter in the queue, so, like, you know, after some fight, like, dude, I remember this one fight, I fought one of the toughest guys I've ever fought, um, Yannick Turcotte in the, in the queue, you can look up his fights, he's insane, and, um, dude, after that fight, I went into the room, and I threw up, and, like, my head was hurting and stuff and like trainers come in like hey are you okay yeah I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good I want to play I want to play I want to play because I know like if I don't and I say that you know I'm hurt then like they call up another guy to do what I do you know what I mean so I completely understand what you're going what you went through where you were in pain but you were you didn't know that your neck was broken so you were just like I got a battle right and like especially I find I feel like yeah, it's like you're, you you know you don't want to get you don't want to get sent down like you you just want to keep staying where you're at like you're happy where you're at like you don't want you don't want anything to change right so yeah so that's insane so you battled through that and then you were able you were committed to Penn State at the time right so then you you ended up decommitting and committing to Boston College so like what was that process like and like why did that happen like was it like yeah just it, yeah. Yeah, well, just like, like, like being at the program, like they like expose you to like a lot of stuff. Um, and I remember I walked in a meeting one day. I, I decommitted before I broke my neck, and I committed, recommitted before I broke my neck. But I remember walking in a meeting one day. There was just like another team meeting at the rink. Like I think we we watch film almost every day, just like NHL stuff, learning stuff. Oh, there's so much teaching. But we were walking in the room and our meeting was different. He had like the, a line chart to like the Chicago Blackhawks. And he like put it up and he was like, whose spot are you going to take? And like, you just look at the roster and you're like, like, fuck. (laughs) 
yeah, like, oh, like they just kind of, it was kind of like a, like, you know, you, everyone's like, and when they're younger, they're, they think they're going to play in the NHL one day, and then you're like looking at that roster, and you're like, huh, well, uh, none. <laughs> it's, uh, it was kind of like a, like a aha moment where it's, it's kind of like, I think it was their way of kind of getting you to work harder, and uh, it was like a team meeting where like, kind of get everyone to work harder, but like, for me, that like, I was like sitting there one day and I was like sitting in my room and like Penn State's a great school, great education, but I was like, man, like I could probably use hockey to get me into a school that is ridiculous. Like I, like I would never be able to get into. And um, the more and more I thought about it, the more and thought about it, I, I, I decided like, hey, like I, I want to look at some other schools. Like I committed so young, I want to start. I want to see what else is out there for me. And um, I decommitted, and uh, I remember I went on my tour at BC and. Um, at the time, it was like the number two business school in the country behind Notre Dame. And um, Ivy League don't have business schools, but uh, BC was, was number two. And I was like, to get an education from BC, like from the business school, like would be like, for me, like I'm not a bright kid. Uh, I mean, I'll do the work, but um, I wasn't getting in there. And like the hockey aspect of playing for like Hall of Famer, Jerry York, it was like, man, I could get a a degree I'd never be able to get and play for Gary York and it sounds like this is the spot for me and it was a lot like Shattuck like small private college like what's not small I mean it's got like 10,000 undergrads compared to Penn State uh, it's got like probably 40,000 um, it was like much better fit for me from what I'm used to growing up you know what I mean so uh, no, I'm so happy I went to BC it, it, nothing, nothing in Penn State it's a great school great program but BCU is the right spot for me, and like I absolutely love it here. So, yeah, that's awesome, and and I want to I want to go into like the hockey part of BC. So like you talked about all your injuries and how they, they held you back through your time at the National Development Program. Like when you finished uh, in the program, you uh, finished like your last nine games. You had two apples, uh, no goals, but then. You go to Boston College as a freshman, one of the most elite NCAA Division I schools, and you put up 12 goals and 19 assists for 31 points in 37 games. So you were just six points off of a point per game, which for a freshman is bananas. For a freshman, the fact that you played every game is bananas, but you're an elite player, so it's expected. But then you, you really showed up that year. So talk to me about that. Like, was that mostly because you were like, you know, I got, I got kind of fucked the past two years. Like now, like this is go time. Like this is my time. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, the summer going in, like the whole injury stuff just kind of, I was, I always worked hard, but like, I, I wasn't really like considered like a hard worker, right? Like I always worked hard, but like, you know what I mean? And those injuries kind of like, like, you just feel behind, so you just start working your, your bag off. Like, you're doing everything you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I remember sure. going in that, going that summer going in, I was just working my ass off, like, harder than I ever worked before. And, like, I went in with, like, no expectations of myself. It was the most fun year I've had hockey. Like, zero expectations. Like, I don't know. Like, I was like, I could go out to the BCHL or USHL for a year. Or I could just go to BC and just start grinding. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'd rather just go and grind and like worst comes to worst like I could transfer elsewhere I could leave and go back to the US like I just want to I want to try I want to give myself a chance so I went in there and like uh, there's there's opportunities uh, which is good they just lost so many guys I think that was the year they lost like Tuck Stanford um, Demko Santini uh, Ryan Fitzgerald they lost like Colin White they lost so many guys that were just like their top six so I was like this is a great opportunity um, to go in, so I went in, your expectations myself, and I started on the fourth line. Um, didn't, like, a lot of guys, a lot of guys were above me in the depth chart, and I just started working and grinding, and started working my way up, working my way up, and at Christmas time, I was, um, I ended up, after, right after Christmas, like, I ended up getting a chance on the first line, and, um, like, started doing really well, and then I just started catching fire, and, and I lost most of my scoring team at the end of the year. I think I had probably, like, 20 points in my last 12 games or something like that. Wow. 13, 13, 14 games. Um, so, like, all my scoring came at the end of the year, and that's also why I got drafted, just because all my scoring came at the end of the year. I, I didn't even think about getting drafted going in. Like, all that stuff was just, like, all I was thinking about was 
I got to work my ass off to stay here, to be like a fourth liner at BC. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it ended up just, it ended up just get working, 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 and then all of a sudden I got a chance uh, the top line, and uh, I ended up sticking. I still actually play with those guys, too, um, this year. Uh, we've played together for the last three years. It's the third year. They're both seniors, but... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It's uh, crazy you say that. I think that helped you a lot. I feel like if you would have gone in thinking about like, fuck, like I might not get drafted because of all my injuries, and you would have been like, I, oh, if I get twenty points though, I will get drafted. And you, if you would have had all that in your head, I feel like that would have affected you negatively. Whereas you had that mindset that's like, you know what, I'm gonna make the best of everything. And especially after an injury, I think that's what made your mindset like that. Just kind of grateful. And, and trying to do the best that you can. And I think that that's why you've been able to have so much success um, because of that humble attitude, kind of like, I just want to do my best and be here. Whereas if you would have like been in your head, like a lot of guys are like, ooh, the draft, the draft. Uh, and if I get this many points, I can do this. And if I, you know, uh, I, think, I think that's what really came to your advantage. And now, so your first year, you play 37 games, 31 points. Your second year, 36 games, 26 points. And now, in your junior year, you have 11 points. I mean, 13 points in 11 games. So you're over a point per game right now. You're on your way for your career high in uh, NCAA. Talk to me about, like, how you're feeling now as opposed to now that you're drafted and, you know, you got that, you got that top spot on your team. You're a vet. Look back on like where you were right before BC compared to now. Like, what's that like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Like to kind of like look back at like uh, like the adversity you've gone through, where you came from, like all that, and then like especially when you like accomplish and stuff that you never really set out to accomplish. It, it's really cool. Um, like. We have, like, a really, we have probably our best team we've had at BC in my three years here, and um, we've been, we actually, we're, we're rolling right now, but uh, just to, like, be able to, like, be on the power play, like, that kind of stuff, uh, which, like, you didn't even think, I didn't even think it was an opportunity three years ago. Um, like, just those kind of things, like, you don't, you don't really take it for granted, you know what I mean? You can't take it for granted. You just got to keep working, and, like, one thing that, I think I've learned over the, from my adversity and like I've learned from all of this, like especially over the first two years is that like, like you're not in control of like a ton of things. There's so many uncontrollables. And I think so many times with hockey players, we set goals. Like I got to have this many points this year. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I think all of that is, I mean, if you want to set that great, but I don't think any of that's going to help you get to where you want to get. I think at the end of the day, like you can only control what you can, control and um that's just showing up every day and i think attitude and and work ethic are the number one and two things that you can do and like that's something that i've learned at bc is is uh and that's something that i think is that sets like good teams from great teams um in that instance and i think that's that's the one thing that i've taken from my three years here is that like control you can control because there's because everything else will work itself out and as long as you're working hard and your attitude's good like things are going to work itself out and just how it is. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I completely agree, man. If you work your if you work your bag off and you don't set unrealistic expectations or goals for yourself, like I know guys that set goals like uh, my goal is to not get scratched this year. Well, that's a silly goal because you don't control that. And if the coach scratches you first game of the year, then now you're in your head like, holy shit, I already failed my goal, right? Whereas if you were to just exactly. go in – and say, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best player I can be every time I get a chance to get on the ice or in the lineup. Well, I think that's a much healthier mentality to have because you're not setting yourself behind. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, and I, I think you're happier as a person too because, like, just like when you say like I think like what what can I do today to make myself better, give myself a chance? I can control all of these. Great, I did them. All right, now it's like. That's out of my hands. Like, there's nothing else I can do. Like, I did all I could. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Versus, versus saying, like, I need to have three points tonight. That's my goal. And you go into the game and you're shooting pucks, you should pass. You're passing pucks, you should shoot. And it's just, 
not a healthy way to play. So. Absolutely, I agree. Um, what I wanted to ask you is, so like, you're at Boston College your first year, and then your second year, your sister transferred or something like that, or or started at Boston My College. Sister, uh, went to get her MBA, her, her master's uh, for business at BC. Uh, so she's this is her second year. She's graduated this year. Right, and uh, and like you and your sister, you guys got a really close relationship, right? So like, talk to me about how like maybe that kind of helped you, like. Having like someone from home, having a family member there with you, um, like on campus at all times, like you get to hang out with your like real sister. Whereas like before, all your family's like, you know, kind of far away. And like, talk to me about like how that maybe helped your environment, or you were able to help her in her new environment. No, yeah, for sure. It's been great. Just like we meet, we meet normally once or twice a week for. dinner or breakfast if we go twice so um just kind of have her there to talk about you know what's going on in life like have an actual human person in front of you that's your family member like it's much different than like facetiming your mom and dad but um it's been great um to have her there uh yeah especially just like for the like even here like once or twice a week um just to have those like face-to-face meetings with like people that care about you and family members it's great so yeah, I mean, you got someone that, like, will always... I, what I always say about, like, what's good about family is that, like, those are the few people that will always be in your corner, you know? Like, no matter what you do, like, your family is in your corner. So, like, to have someone that you can maybe even just vent to or, like, talk shit to, like, that maybe you can't talk shit to to your teammates, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I mean, that's why I wanted to ask that question because I think that's a unique situation to be in. Um, going from yeah, that, exactly. uh, yeah, so going from that, like, talk to me about the draft. Like, did you go to the draft? And, uh, yeah, talk to me about the draft, that whole process. Yeah, so, uh, after I kind of, like, ended the year, uh, the way I did, uh, I had a good, uh, sense I was going to get drafted. Um, I had meetings of, like, teams, they would come to BC. Um, then I actually had like a little workout at BC cause I didn't get invited to the combine cause I was an overager. Um, yeah. and a lot of teams were worried about like my knee, my knee injury, like those injuries, like they were worried about those. So, um, to kind of like miss that, like in the butt, I had a workout at BC, um, and teams came out to see that. Um, and then, um, ended up going to the draft. I was in Dallas. I had a meeting with Floor. I had one, two meetings, two meetings, like, the day I got there. I didn't get to go for the first round. I just went for the second. Uh, um, and the, those meetings went well, but, like, Florida meeting was, like, super, super, uh, went super, super well. And, like, it seemed like they were really interested. Like, I met with, like, everybody basically there. And um, I just kind of knew getting up, going out of that that, uh, like, I was, I just, I, some guys say like they have a gut feeling like where they're going and like I just kind of knew that I was going to go to Florida um, and they ended up having like a second round pick that day and like I, I thought I thought I was like oh maybe I'll get drafted then and like I didn't um, which was a little high for where I was like ranked to go so um, I ended up not getting drafted then and they didn't have any picks until the fifth round um, and I was just kind of sitting there kind of kind of bummed so I was, I was hoping to go in like this late second or third round yeah, and um, all all of a sudden, like there was like a voiceover, and it was like Nashville has traded their third round pick to the Florida Panthers, and I was like, oh shit, like this is it, like this is it, like you know those like moments you're just sitting there, and like I'm just sitting there waiting, it felt like eternity for them to get the microphone and like make their pick, and I was like, this has got to be it, this got to be it, and up being the pick, so it was like a really cool moment um, after all that I've been through the last two years, like just to kind of have that. Uh, moment at the end like with all my family because they were all there through all of it and they were the only ones that had kind of been there through all of it so exactly. to have that moment like I remember I was fighting tears to hold back the tears like it was just insane so wow dude I can't even I got like goosebumps man I can't even imagine like common f- battling through the adversity that you did and then like the National Hockey League draft and uh Wow, they traded a pick and then they they took you. That's a uh, that's insane, dude. That's like I'm so proud of you, man. I'm not even 
not trying to sound like like gay here. I don't know if I can say the word gay, but I'm so proud of you, man. Like that is that is that is uh that is quite the story, man. Like for all listeners like listening in, like you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of people listening in that have had injuries and battled through adversity. Or guys that are listening that will have an injury and like they can learn a lot from this because I feel I feel like a lot of guys get a serious injury and kind of pack it up, call it a day because they fall so so far behind, right? If you miss so much time, but um, you're a fuck you're a great example of just battling through that and and uh, perseverance, man. That's uh, that's insane and. Uh, so now the, the the question that all the viewers want to hear is, uh, so the other day, how many days ago was it? Was it a week ago now or like six days, something like that? It was on Monday. I had an exam Monday. So it was on Monday and today we're recording this right now. It is Thursday. So exactly four days ago, Logan Hutsko was taking an exam when he came out of his exam and came to realize that he had a bunch of Instagram notifications. So he checked it out and uh, jump. Yeah, run us through it. This happened five minutes before my exam. Oh, no. My my phone. Yeah, my phone. So I'm five minutes before I'm sitting in the exam room, like sitting with all my buddies. We're all sitting in the corner. And uh, all of a sudden, like my phone started ringing, ringing, ringing. I just kept turning, hitting the button, like ding, ding. Wouldn't stop going. I was like, oh shit, like something happened. So I felt like started getting nervous. Like, so I looked at the phone, it was all my buddies on my team. So I'm like, oh, what? So I, I, I look at my Instagram notification. It's like somebody, somebody had me in a comment, like Justin Bieber showing my boys some love. And I was like, what? I thought, like, since like somebody counted Instagram, the goal, like, was one of them was like bar down, who has like, like a crap ton of followers like and I know Justin Bieber's like a big hockey fan so I was like maybe he followed the account like that's what was going through my head so I like checked the bar down and like there's no comment and my phone kept dinging like notifications so then I look for look at his page so I was like maybe he put it on a story and he had posted on his like thing and I started like I started going like my buddy was like I was like no you guys can't fucking believe this like boys 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 I started freaking out in the exam room and everyone was looking at me and I was like losing my shit and everybody was like what what stop fucking with me that didn't happen and I was like look at your Instagram right now my phone's blowing up and all of a sudden my teacher goes alright everyone phones away I'm handing out the exams and I'm like oh my goodness I'm, this is gonna be the quickest exam ever take yeah so right turn it off so right before, because people don't know, wait, wait, people don't know. So like, he's talking about Justin Bieber posted one of his goals on his Instagram, like as a post, not as a story. So continue, you turn your phone off. I turned my phone off, like so hard to focus. Like man, like, I'm telling you, like I'm like taking the exam, it was a short exam, like should have only taken like 40 minutes. I probably took it in like 25 and like. <laughs> ran out the room, like, went on my phone, like, I was getting a call text from everybody, like, it was like, like, I had just, like, committed to school, like, like, it was like, people were like, congrats, and I was like, congrats, like, on what? That Instagram post, like, it was insane, man. My phone was just blowing up, it's still, I'm still, like, my Instagram still just won't stop. That, that's insane, because... (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, no way. And even like some, I, I, I went on Twitter and, and I saw like some scout that I follow tweeted uh, like Justin Bieber just gave Logan Hutzko a shout out on Instagram for some reason. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then he, and then he like tweeted again under it. Well, he deserves it, but like what? <laughs> but like, I feel like that's what's going through everyone's head. It's like. Yeah, like that was a sick. For those of you who haven't seen it, go on Justin Bieber's uh, Instagram page. Yes, Justin Bieber, 122 million followers. You know who he is, and check the goal. It's a like it's a highlight reel by far, unbelievable bingo. But like, why you right? Like, could, he could have taken like yeah, an he could have taken like an NHL highlight and done it for an NHL guy, and even that NHL guy would have been fired up, right? But he takes a college yeah. hockey kid, 
you know? And he doesn't even know your story about the adversity. If he knew it, it would have been even crazier. But he puts your goal up and then he DMs you and, like, you guys are having a conversation, like, just Logan Hutzko and Jay Beavs just shooting the shit. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it was crazy. And then he, like, this was before my exam. Like, I was checking my DMs and I was, like, like, because everybody was DMing me and I was, like, trying to scroll through and, like, uh, like, just checking my DMs, right? Because everybody was DMing me the thing and, like, Somebody goes next to me. Goes, dude, you gotta check and see if like Justin Bieber DM'd you. I was like, no fucking way. Like, and then I went to his like page and like uh, he he had followed me and I didn't even know. So he, he's still following me. I'm waiting like give I give it a week before I get the unfollow. I I clicked message and he had messaged me and I was like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like I was like my buddies and I were like sitting there like trying to like we, I ended up having like a little conversation with them and like then I went to take my exam and then like I didn't respond to him 40 minutes and then I, I kind of messaged him back after and like he sent like a couple more replies and then that was it but uh, I remember my buddies and I were like sitting there like trying to like craft messages like to not sound like I'm like like holy fuck Justin Bieber man you know what I mean more, <laughs> like, like boys 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 you think if I put an exclamation mark like he's gonna think that I'm super fan <laughs> exactly 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 so it was so funny it was like we, me and the boys were just like crapping up messages and like it was, it was players. it was a good time I was I don't know how anybody would be able to focus after that and take an exam I, I certainly wasn't able to uh so hopefully I didn't do terrible on that but that was crazy <laughs> but who cares? I, I was thinking the same thing I was like there's like, like, you know, like, there's so many other goals that are like better than the goal that I scored. Like, <laughs> so many other goals, and he was like picking that one to post on his thing. And it was, like, he doesn't like post hockey goals. Like, I don't think I saw one on his page that I was looking for any others. And I was like, it's so crazy because like it's so random because there's so many other goals that are nicer than mine that you gotta post. Like, why did you choose mine? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like if he would have been in a habit of, like, always posting random players, then, like, I would understand. But he just kind of – maybe you're the first. Maybe you're the first of many. Maybe he's just going to start doing that. But either way, like, dude, that is insane. I can only imagine, like, sometimes I'll get a DM from, like, a smoke show that's way out of my league. And I'll be, like, crafting messages, like, you know, like, really overthinking yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But then, like, Justin Bieber, man, like, dude, that... Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the boys were, like, talking, like, dude, it sounds like you're, like... I was getting tripped. They are like, dude, it sounds like you're, like, wheeling, like, some, like, girl at the pen and you don't know how to talk to her. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but, dude, that's what it would be like for anyone, man, that got a shout-out from Jay Beebs. Like, you, like, he's one of the most famous guys in the whole world. Yeah, man, like... I, like, I was, like, always, like, a fan. Like, I already followed him on Instagram, obviously. Um, so I think, like, that, like, if I didn't follow him on Instagram, like, would he have posted it? Like, when he saw it, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he saw that I followed him or something. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was thinking, going through my head, I was like, thank God I followed him. Like, because, like, I mean, honestly, I followed him because he's, like, unreal, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like if like maybe he would have looked through and he's like, oh, this guy's not a fan. I'm not giving him a shout out. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then like if he would have like, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have been able to message me if I didn't follow him. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's true. I didn't even think so of like, that. It was just crazy how it all worked out. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like, I still like can't believe it, man. Like, and on top, me, like, congrats, like such a huge accomplishment. I'm like, <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> I did nothing. Well, you know what's funny is like when that happened, I was in LA um, with my with with like uh, living with my buddy that plays in the AHL uh, for for Ontario for the LA Kings organization, and I was with yeah. I was I was with him when it happened, and I showed him, and he was like, no way, like, dude, that's better then a shout out from the NHL account on Instagram because like he's got just way more followers. And on top of that, like even every NHL player and everyone in the NHL world follows him. You know what I mean? It's just like a bigger pedestal. Yeah. I, 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 I was like, I was like looking at it after I just like still don't like, I was like the Florida Panthers did an article on it 
no <laughs> like on, way. Like, shout out, and I was like, I was like, this is get. It's, I was like, this is getting kind of out of hand because like I don't want like people to be like, oh, like he's like living this up. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, it's not like that at all. But like it was just, it was so, it was super cool, man. Honestly, like I uh, I got to thank him for for the passing over some clout my way. Definitely some so. clout. You went from you went from like three thousand something followers to like you're almost at eight thousand right now. So that's uh, thanks, Jay Beebs. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Um, but so what I want to say before we close this out is um, I haven't gotten a chance to read it. I'm going to read it now um, when we finish this, uh, this pod. But um, if you guys want to take a look, NHL made an article about, about uh, Logan's um, injuries and uh, battling through that. And uh, it looks fucking insane. I don't want to skim through it right now and give you guys a background. But go check that out. Um, NHL made a whole uh, thing about it, and apparently now the Florida Panthers made one about JB. So if you want to give that a read, you can too. Um, but Hutsko, man, honestly, I just want to thank you for coming on the pod. I think that uh, you gave some uh, v- some very important um, insight and uh, information for guys that are uh, going through what you what you battled through, but also for guys that that aren't, because I feel like. Guys that don't go through that adversity, um, through the through those injuries and stuff, they don't get to develop that extra hard work. And uh, even just listening to your story, man, it makes me um, be more grateful for um, my health throughout my career and uh, just the ability to to play the game. Period. Right? Like you never know when a huge injury like that can happen. It just happens. So. Um, so yeah, yeah I just, for sure. Just say like one last thing about it. Like at the end of the day, like there's like hockey. Hockey's important, but like that stuff puts a lot of uh, a lot of things in in uh, in a big picture kind of way. So like I said, like uh, the biggest thing that got me through it was my face, and like I don't know, like if I'd still be playing if I didn't have that. So um, I just have to like say that's probably the, the number one thing that I'd recommend. So. Awesome, awesome. Hutsko, thanks again for coming on. It's Logan Hutsko from the Boston College Eagles. Over a point per game right now. Keep an eye out for this guy um, in the National Hockey League in years to come. Uh, so thanks again, Hutsko. You're a beauty, and I'm sure everyone's going to love this, uh, this pod. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. Yep.